Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm a nutrition and exercise physiology professor, and I'm a bodybuilder. Hey, Rob Fortress Fortney here. I'm a ex-editor at Muscle Mag International, ex-committed bodybuilder, and strength competitor, powerlifting enthusiast, air guitar maestro. Ooh, look at you go. This is Phil Stevens. I'm a strength coach, owner of Strength Guild, and founder of LiftForHope.org. I'm a competitive powerlifter and Highland Games athlete. Um, with us today, we have the uh, always highly sought after Jason Pegg. Jason, thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you for having me. We're, we're going to get to a little news, and then we'll talk with Jason a bit, a bit more. So, Lonnie. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Yeah, I just wanted to share two little things here. These are both, as listeners know, sometimes stuff comes across my desk. I'm, oh, that's interesting. This first one, actually, they're both about um, female uh, competitors, so or female lifters. So I thought our listeners um, of the uh, other sex would be interested in some of this. This first one is exercise may affect food motivation. And I suppose guys could learn something from this, too. Uh, this is a September 2012 piece. It says, it's commonly assumed that you can work up an appetite, quote unquote, with a vigorous workout. Uh, it turns out that theory may not be com- completely accurate, at least immediately following exercise. Now, I always thought it was controversial whether or not you automatically started eating more when you started lifting. But this says, new research uh, out of BYU shows that 45 minutes of moderate to vigorous exercise in the morning actually reduces a person's motivation for food. So... Uh, it says Professor, Professors James uh, Lecheminant and Michael Larson measured the neural activity of 35 women while they viewed food images uh, after morning exercise or in a morning without exercise. Um, and they found their attentional response to the food pictures decreased after a brisk workout. This is in the October issue of Med Science and Sports and Exercise. Uh, it says the 45-minute exercise bout not only produced lower brain responses to the food images, but it also resulted in an increase in total uh, in total physical activity that day, regardless of their body mass index. Uh, Le Cheminant said, however, it was clear that ec- the exercise bout was playing a role in their neural responses to the pictures of food. I just thought that was interesting because uh, it, it sort of emphasizes that you've got to eat a lot. You've got to eat on a regular basis. You know, you can't just expect appetite all the time to. Uh, to kick in and make you a bigger person, you know, if you're trying to add muscle mass or whatnot. So this is actually saying exercise, at least in women, um, makes food seem less appealing. So it's a good thing. The, What's that? It's exactly why I try to try to be as sloth-like as possible early in the morning. There you go. <laughs> or, I thought hungry. I was going to say, or you've got that food porn, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe that'll overcome some of this this inhibition. There you go. Uh, and I got one more. This is also about women. And I thought this was interesting, partly because this is literally a 2013 uh, research paper that I got ahead of print. Um, it's from uh, Josie, I think I'm saying that right, and Stu Phillips, who, of course, does a lot of work with dairy proteins. And, of course, we were just talking to Darren 
uh, Willoughby last week about this, but it says milk contains bioactive components, including two high-quality protein fractions and calcium and vitamin D, each of which has been shown to modulate body composition, that is, increase lean mass or decrease fat mass. It says, acutely, though, no study of resistance exercise and milk or whey consumption has been undertaken exclusively in female athletes. So, you know, this is sort of like the caffeine and the muscle explosion kind of research I'm talking about, uh, I've been working on lately. Um, there's just not a lot with women. It says there have been trials in young recreationally active women, and they demonstrated uh, augmented increases in lean mass and decreases in fat mass with resistance exercise and milk uh, or whey protein consumption. Uh, it also says with energy restriction, one study, um, let's see, they looked at higher dairy plus higher protein, and that resulted in greater fat loss and lean mass gain, as well as improved bone health in overweight women. So there's some stuff in um, recreationally active women, a little bit in overweight, but there's really nothing in uh, female lifters. It says future studies in female athletes and uh, women under energy restriction with resistance exercise are warranted. So it's probably not a surprise to a lot of listeners that the women are underrepresented, especially in, in the, the lifting category as far as the science goes. But at least it's starting to get attention because a paper like this, this sets the landmark. Then everybody starts referencing this paper about how little work there is on women resistance athletes, you know, and then hopefully somebody will get on the ball and and see how they respond. So 2013 paper. That's that's what I've got. Um, and then I, I got a little bit of stuff. I want to thank all the listeners because you have now pushed us up to the, the upper echelons of the, the iTunes podcast categories. We yeah. are now in... We're in the what's hot category. What's right hot? Next to, Woo-hoo. Right next to Jillian Michaels' podcast and the Our Hen House vegan podcast. <laughs> we are we are there. We're, we're a couple steps ahead of Yoga Amazing with That's Chaz right. Ruff. Foxes next to the hen house. <laughs> yep. So we are now there. Um, I don't know if we can get any higher. So I just want to thank thank all the listeners and then also give a shout-out and read a couple of these uh, these oncoming reviews. We have some of the ones we've had in the latest days. Um, this one comes from dance, I guess. Um, I've been in the iron business for 20 years, 42 years old, with a degree in comprehensive wellness, 1993 owner and operator of Temple Fitness Personal Training Studio. I love the no-nonsense approach to diet and training. I'm a former professional triathlete since reformed. My son is a power lift and will be posting a eight, uh, 750 to 800-pound total this coming June at the 50 in the... Uh, 15, he's 15, 135 pounds. We listen to the show for training tips and motivation. Great mix of science, humor, and guests. Thank you, Dance. Um, no, I like that one Phil, oh, because uh, he listens to, listens to the show with his boy. I think that's Yeah, cool. I think that's a good one, too. Um, this is P. Roach. Uh, says, this is what I've been missing in, a physical, in my physical education. Great advice, science, and theories from guys who've been there. Hands down, my favorite podcast. Um, we'll do one or two more here. Uh, J.K. Lems, in the era of the era of lunk alarms, no chalk, and quiet, please signs at the local fluff gym. It's nice to hear these true iron warriors get great advice. A very informational, genuine, fun, and no holds barred show. So, thank you, uh, J.K. Lems, and we'll do one last one here before we uh, we start stop talking nerdy science and start talking beards and barbells with Jason. So, um, I don't know about this. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> this is from Nate Squats. Love the podcast, but you make it hard to find pants that fit. Since listening 
to the show. I now need loose fit 38s, but I'm still able to button 32s. The only thing you guys should change is to go to 10 shows a week. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that, here we that's go. good stuff. <laughs> so, are you, are you game for that, Rob? We're going to do 10 shows a week. Three on Wednesdays. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah let's do we'll bring, this. We'll bring Jason back every week to help us out. Yeah, well, it'll be Jason Wednesday. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, all three times? Yeah, all three times. <laughs> uh, we'll have to get three topics. One will be nothing but beards. The other one will be barbells, and I don't know. We'll, we'll think Maybe of a third one. Maybe beer. <laughs> yeah, beards, barbells, and beer. You're drinking, yeah. <laughs> so, just want to get caught up with you, Jason. Um, I think everybody, all our listeners should know who you are from the first time we had John, and just want to get caught up, kind of talk training, what you got going on now. Um where you're headed, what your goals are, so how, how things have changed. I know you're uh, doing a lot. Yeah, that? run with it. Just run with it here. Oh, I just say, um, well, I decided that uh, powerlifting is gay, so I quit, and <laughs> and, and now I just train with Wendler in his garage. <laughs> Tra- training to be awesome? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, you're doing a lot more raw lifting then, away from the course. I've had a felt on uh, once in the last four months. Man, I, I don't even know where my gear's at. It's in a bag somewhere at the house. I noticed you a couple weeks back. You pulled what six seventy five in a pair of house slippers. How much? How much do you get out of the house slippers? At least two hundred pounds. Two hundred pounds out of those. Nice. I'm not very strong. <laughs> and is that is that more or less than the beard carries you through? I don't know. The, the beard varies so much. Moody, very moody. <laughs> the moody beard. <clears throat> nice. Um, so you're just training to do what? Just just for the hell of it now? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I guess not look like a, a fat shit is probably the best answer there. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, that's that's really about it. You know, nice. it's like I, I enjoy the training, but it's the gear was I don't want to say getting retarded, but it, it's just it's like three hours of squat on a Saturday morning. It's just I don't have time for that anymore. Yeah. I, and, and I say this, I mean, it's, I'm not that busy, but I don't want to spend the time for that anymore. You know? Yeah. And I've got a, a weird work schedule, so it's, uh, and I work in retail. So it's not like, hey, I can be here on these days at these times because my schedule changes every week. So it got to the point where I was training by myself, you know, and, you know, there'd be times when it's like it's 11 o'clock and I'm going to, you know, at night I'm going to the gym trying to squat which is not real conducive to health or safety type thing. So just gotcha. uh, took the other took the other route and I don't worry about it. No, that sounds good. Um, so it, everything seems to be flying up, though. I mean, even your, your bench and stuff is coming along, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, and that's one of the things that's going to. I, I literally, before I started training with Jim, I was like, bench to the meat, and that was it. Uh-huh. Like, I haven't trained it since, uh, well, prior to when Jim and I started training. I hadn't trained it prior, uh, since like 2005. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it can't get any worse. <laughs> well, and for those people that, that may not know, you had, uh, you were injured by what, what was it? A, uh, a rocket that went bomb. off? Okay, road roadside bomb. Yes, sir. Blew off a large portion of your elbow. So that, yep. uh, it doesn't help. It's not conducive to a huge bench, yeah. if, if anybody's not aware. Yeah, that's, that's very polite of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I went ahead and shot it out there. I'll go ahead and ask some of these questions from, from the listeners that I put it out there that uh, knew you were coming on, and we had everything from, uh, you know, what's the longest your beard's been to some actual serious questions here. So um, aside from the, when did you realize that test wasn't taken anally? Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> here, here, here's a fun one. Um, what, what are your future plans? Do you plan on powerlifting again? Um, I'll say I thought about doing a uh, meet this spring, but it's as far it's going to be, you know, it's one of those. I mean, anybody who does it can tell you it's not cheap, yeah. you know, even without the gear, you know, it's not cheap. So, you know, I plan on training for one this spring. We're going to see how it goes. And if it goes cool, if not, well, who knows? Yeah. No, that's one thing that uh, we went and did a meet. I brought my team to Branson, and it's not cheap. It, it, people don't—I don't think a lot of people realize that. Now, I mean, it was a small meet, and it was eighty bucks a lifter. So some yeah. of that stuff, in my opinion, is getting a, a little out of hand. Yeah. But uh, the same guy wanted to know who, who would win in a fight, you or Windler? Oh, seriously? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> I weigh the dude by sixty pounds. <laughs> It's because they look up at you know they look up to you guys, so it's like my dad can beat up your dad kind of thing, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, wait, wait. oh, Jim would beat the shit out of me. I'm sure of it. Come on, <laughs> that's not what even they want to hear. <laughs> even if I thought he could, I wouldn't tell you. Here's actually a pretty good one. Jeff Nair asks, um, so you've been like we just talked about. You've been doing a lot of training training lately with Windler, and. Uh, but you guys both in the past lifted big in gear and have transitioned to lifting raw. Do you think that's a natural progression for anyone who's been lifting for a while, or is that just a shift in your personal preference? Um, it, it, it's both. You know, Jim. Um, you know, Jim, Jim is different than me. He's grown. Uh, well, I guess I, guess I want to say disenchanted with it because he's grown more disenchanted with it. But, but with Jim, it's one of those things where, I, you know, I've got these goals. And then he hit those goals and was like, i find something else. You yeah. know, he did, you know, it's not a readjustment of goals ideal. Um, you know, for me, it was, I, I guess, more so I've grown disenchanted with it. And, you know, I'm, I'm a bigger dude. You know, I probably weigh like 290 or so. Mm. And it's, it's one of those things that I turned 33 in the week and, Started to realize. I mean, I've had four or five kids that I went to high school with who had heart attacks and died. Oof. You know, and it's just like, fuck. It's one of those like, yeah, maybe it's time to stop. I mean, the drugs and shit make you feel awful. And honestly, I got real tired of that too. You know, I got really strong with the stuff feeling like death for six weeks for ten or fifteen pound PR. <laughs> um, along these same lines, I guess. Um, we're, we're kind of talking wrong here. Um, we'll, we'll do this last one here before we move on to the topic of the day. Describe your, in your opinion, the form differences between raw and geared squat. Oh, they're, uh, it's, it's impossible to say because if, if you're, uh, I'll say this for most people, and when I say most people, I speak in males because we all know women and their retarded joint mobility. So this, I mean, it's com- two completely different lifts. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't really compare technique differences because they're completely different. You know, it's, it's like now, I mean, before when I was squatting, my feet were, I don't want to say, you know, I wasn't a super wide squatter, but it was pretty wide. And, I mean, now I've got a stance that's 24 inches wide. 
roughly. But it's just, I mean, they're just two completely different lists. Yeah. Aside, aside from taking the bar out of the rack, that you know, those it's the same way there for both for both of them. But other than that, it's completely different. What about the assistance work in general? Um, I tend to do less of it now. I think, uh, and this was the thing that I did even when I started, you know, lifting in the gears. You'll find that you need more assistance work as a geared lifter, I think, because the gear helps so much. You know, especially yeah. if it's come along, you know, that you need that assistance work, you know, just to, to actually get strong. You know, because you can't do triples and fives in gear. It's impossible. Yeah. If you can, it gets way too loose. You know, if it's the thing now where it's to actually improve your strength, you know, you have to push the assistance with hard. You know, it's like now there's a lot of times we don't even do it. It's like, God, that's what sucks. I'm done. And that's it. Yeah, whereas now you guys can go in for an hour, an hour and a half, and just squat and come out strong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, in, yeah, gotcha. It is, I mean, it's just a, it's a completely different progression because you, you don't have the support and the pound, you know, from the gear. I mean, it's... It's weird. It's like I still laugh about it. Now when I squat, it's, you know, my hips and my legs that are sore and not my upper back. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, we'll take a short break, and then we're going to catch up on some of uh, Jason's wisdom on where you guys are all screwing up. So um, we'll be back in just a second. <laughs> Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry, and on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, we'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, you can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, it's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So... Uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on Iron Radio. Thanks. I can't stop feeling Some of us don't understand How lucky we are To be living in this Hi listeners, this is Rob Fortress Fortney. I'm here to remind you that as the holiday season approaches and your thoughts turn to giving, we like you to keep Iron Rating in your thoughts. Every week for four years now, it's been our privilege to bring you weekly news, experts, and gym talk. Did you know that now roughly 20,000 brothers and sisters of Iron count on us for these things? Of course, not everyone can afford to be a supporting member or a significant one-time donor. But for those of you willing to pitch in $4 per month or $50 just once, we're about to sweeten the deal. Become a supporting member or major donor between now and January 2013, and a limited number of you will receive a gift worth over $20. And we will never forget our existing supporters. Simply email me via ironradio.org, and I'll send you a free seminar from Dr. Lowry on how to significantly and realistically boost your testosterone levels. Help your iron brothers and sisters who cannot pitch in but deserve better internet programming in our sports. And happy holidays. Hi, 
Hello, Iron Radio listeners. This is Dr. Lowry. I just want to offer an update on the protein and resistance exercise book that you hear about in ads at the end of the show. The publisher and I realize that the textbooks have become expensive. This one's $99. So individual electronic chapters have been made available for $20. US As with Iron Radio, my primary drive here is to get valid, reliable information into the hands of fellow lifters. So if you simply Google CRC Press Protein, you'll find the page where the book is sold. By clicking on ebook purchase at the right, you'll be taken to a page with free introductory parts of the book, as well as each chapter in electronic PDF format. There's also links uh, to other sources in this version. So whether you're interested in an academic heavy hitter like Dr. Peter Lemon sharing protein's history and strength training, or you're a biochem nerd like me and you want to just look at chapter 2 on protein synthesis and breakdown, or if you want to cut to the chase and get to a chapter on using protein weight control or case studies, you can now do so for just 20 bucks. So please check out CRC Press Protein and see which chapter topic may interest you. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. And welcome back, listeners. This is Phil and Rob and Lonnie and Jason, and we're going to tackle the topic of the day now, which is essentially... uh, I guess we'll call it the top three biggest mistakes uh, that our guest has made uh, in his lifting career. Maybe give you some insight as to how you can avoid this stuff, right? So, Jason, that's on you. Fair enough. Your three biggest mistakes, aside from being hit by a roadside bomb. Well, that wasn't my fault. I was just sitting there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody blew it up on me. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. I was comfy. Smoking a cigarette, and the next thing I know, I'm in the middle of the truck, bleeding all over myself. There Not my go. fault. <laughs> um, God, well, well, let me let me ask you this, then quantify it a bit, because I've done a lot of shit wrong as far as that goes. What, uh, like, what, what age are you talking about? Like, somebody's just brand new to training, somebody's been doing it for a while. We'll go with both. Start off with new to training. Uh, new to training, probably the the biggest thing that got me was consistency with it. Um, you know, I was in high school, and like high school kids do, you know, I would kill it for three weeks and then stop for a month. You know, it was uh, yeah. go and just hammer it out and hammer it out and hammer it out. Uh, my programming was retarded. You know, I didn't have the Internet when I was when I started. So compared to guys nowadays, you know, it's a, a distinct disadvantage. You know, if you wanted to find out about weight training, you had to spend money to find out. Oh. You know, that's, that's not so much a, an issue now for guys. You know, you got websites, podcasts like these. You know, you can fire off an email to a guy and just assume it's not exceptionally idiotic. Chances are he's going to reply to you. you know, no, so I think you're right there. I mean, that's I don't think the people nowadays, they realize that, you know, it, it was college when, when we finally had dial-up. And yeah. If I wanted to email Jim, it would have taken four weeks for it to show up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, 
Yeah. I remember so where that's like, a good one. Took that long? I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you no. call the guy two weeks later and is my email there yet? No. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean. Like you could call a guy, but it's like you know, calling somebody that you really, you know, you read about in the magazine. Yeah, and exactly. You happen to know somebody that knew their number. You know, now now if there's somebody that I really want to talk to, I'm, I'm fortunate in the fact that I can know how to get a hold of them. Like I can actually speak to them versus just checking out their website. You know, it's unfortunate in that sense. But it was, I mean, it was different then. You know, it was like, well, you'd go through and you'd steal pages out of Muscle Magazine because you couldn't afford them. And hopefully, you know, the high school coach would leave the office long enough and you'd go and steal those copies of the bigger of BFS Magazine. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and try and piece stuff together from there. And, you know, you have no idea what's, what's right and what's wrong, which is uh, a huge thing that I see today, you know. Everybody starts a Twitter account and a Facebook page, and they're an expert on training. Oh, yeah. And then I see some of the stuff these guys post. It's like, oh, my God. People pay you money, and you're asking questions like these. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's just, I don't want to say it's infuriating, but it's like, how do you, you know, morally, how do you charge anybody for training advice? And this is the question you're asking. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you guys are friends with uh, Alan Cosgrove on uh, Facebook or not, but he's a very intelligent dude, has been, you know, started uh, with a very small personal training business yeah. and has literally just, it grows for him exponentially. Mm-hmm. He's, he's written a couple of books, you know, stuff like that, but he does, um, he does what he calls Facebook speed coaching. Every so often he'll pop on and take 15 or 20 minutes and basically just answer questions for guys. Yeah. You know, but it's like something, you know, his, his fan base, for the most part, his friends on there are trainers and stuff. So that's what he's into now is building, you know, helping people build their personal training business. And some of these questions that he gets, it's like, holy shit. <laughs> are you yeah. serious? Like, he did one today, and I mean, it was literally just jaw dropping. You know, I think it's great that he does that, but I think it's awful that these people think, well, I spent uh, 200 bucks and four hours in a seminar. I'm a yeah. personal trainer. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's a topic in of itself. I mean, there's just, uh, it, it's gotten pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> as yeah. far as who can call themselves a coach or a trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's like I mean, 300 like, different certificates right now, and half of them aren't worth the paper they're written on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let's not so, get it back yeah. into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I didn't mean to open that, but I guess no you know, the, the, the hard thing now is, like, you know, it's, it's the polar opposite of where I was at. You know, for me, it was, I couldn't find information. Yeah. You know, now there's so much information that, you know, a guy who's just getting into it has no idea where to look. Yeah. You know, because a guy drops five grand on a website and it looks nice, so he thinks, oh, this guy's got a nice website. He's got to know what's going on. Yeah. You know, so now as much information and trying to filter bullshit as it is, you know, as it was for me, or it's like just trying to find anything. My filter for that tends to be, though, I mean, it's just like you just said. I want to come on, and once a week or whatever, he'll give himself 20 minutes to just go blow up some questions. Yeah. And it's My filter is usually if you see a person, if they're spending eight hours a day posting on Facebook, they send out four newsletters a day, uh, or multiples a week at least, you know, seven, eight different little shot emails out, they're, they're probably not actually coaching many people. 
<laughs> it's yeah. usually the people that are pretty damn quiet that are actually out there doing the job and making yeah. people stronger. So. Yeah. And, uh, it's and I mean, it's true. When you're really thing. busy, nobody hears from you. So. Yeah. But if you, you got to remember, though, too, you know, there's a caveat to that. Is it's what you got is you, it's like you've been around for a while. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know, a 14, 15-year-old kid just starting to get into it, he doesn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? For for every Jim Wendler, there are 15 um, Lyle McDonald's. You know yeah. what I mean? Who's found off stuff, I and mean, he's got some rabid fans, and is a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's well, just one of those people. We should have Lyle on sometime. Oh my god. Please, <laughs> uh, please don't. Yeah, I, I know Lyle a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll, Lyle. maybe we'll get Jason and Lyle both on. There you oh go. my god, it would be glorious. He would hang up. He would hang up. Glory. The phone. <laughs> Seriously, oh, he would be, he would, you'd probably hear him kill himself on your radio show. <laughs> So what about a more experienced guy? So not a beginner. What's the um, top mistake? More, more experienced guys, probably consistency. Um, you know, you, you've got guys now. Um, it, it's, it's obviously anybody who's done it for a while. It, there are multiple ways to train. You know, um, I, and a, a thing I see with, you know, like intermediate level guys is they need to find something and stick with it. You know, yeah. uh, Phil, I'm sure you've heard about this, but Jim. You know, the, where does dynamic effort work go in the 531? <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, do the programs as they're written. You yeah. know, you're spending money with these guys because they know more than you. Yeah. You know, so trust in that knowledge and, you know, the, the investment that you've made in learning that knowledge and roll with that. You know, you see guys that want to do a, a hybrid west side 531. It's like, no, the shit doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, pick something and roll with it. You know, give it some oh, time. I, give, it, give it three or four months, and if it sucks, go on to something else. You know, I've been doing this for 18 years now and still go back and forth between programs. Because, yeah. I, you know, like for me, the, the only thing that I'm married to is getting stronger. Yeah. You know, Jim is one of my best friends, but if I find something that works better than his program, I'm going to do it. It's yeah. not a knock on Jim. It's, it's a plus for me. You know, but if, yeah. if you don't give these time and you try and meld things together that aren't designed to work that way, you know, you, you see, uh, uh, you don't see the progress that you're expecting. You're like, well, this sucks, Max. And then you yeah. go to the next one and give it two months and, well, this isn't doing what I expected. You know, it's, uh, muscular growth and especially strength change once you've been doing it for a while don't come real fast. Yeah. You know, that's with drugs, that's without drugs, with gear, without gear. You know, perfect diet, horrible diet, they don't come back. You know, you, yeah. you can't tell me how effective a program is in two months. Yeah. And, and you know, have my ear, you know, be like, oh, well, why does this stuff? Well, you know, I did it for two months, it's like, I'm going to stop it. <laughs> you know, because most of them now, guys are starting to, uh, you know, you're starting to see a bit of an uptick in the volume guys are doing, because before it was high, and then, Everybody was super low with it, and then it's starting to, to ramp back up. So, you know, for, for most of them, they're two or three days a week, you know, mm-hmm. maybe four. And it's like, so you're telling me that in 18 training sessions, you decided that this doesn't work for you. Yeah. You've been four times. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those, so, you know, just, just patience, I guess. Yeah. More so than consistency. 
and, and it's funny because this is the thing that Jim has talked about from day one is it's, it's not something, you know, you're not going to put 50 pounds on your bench every training cycle. won't happen. But if you're consistent no, I mean, and roll with it, it it's going to be there. And I think that's, I, I, I agree with you. I think that's probably the biggest mistake everybody makes. I mean, I was just talking about this with people yesterday. And, you know, you, you see these people and they get into a solid call plateau for a month. And, well, my, nothing's, my, my bench hasn't moved in a month. And it's like, that's not a plateau. That's, that's just usual. Yeah. yeah. That's like Wait, having a bad day and saying you've got clinical depression. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I consider a plateau. I mean, there was a, there was a point where my deadlift didn't move for a year. Did I quit deadlifting? No. I kept freaking chipping away, and then all of a sudden, here comes 25 pounds. You know, yeah, a year, exactly. that's a plateau. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, but, but you'll see, too, and, and it's a lot of times when you hear those guys saying that, it's, my, you know, I'm a, I'm a 220, my bench is stuck at 280. Yeah. It hasn't moved in four weeks. You're like, dude, it's probably not in the program. Yeah. You know, stop drinking four nights a week. Tell me how that yeah. works. Yeah, you know, it's, it's something like that. Because I mean, <laughs> two eighty is not a bad bench by any means, but it's not world beating. You know, it's, it's not at that level of strength where, well, you know, you need six months to put five or ten pounds on it. Yeah. You know, if you're a hundred and thirty-two pound girl bench in two eighty, trying to get to two ninety, yeah, I can see where you can get stuck. Yeah. You know, yeah. as an eighteen, nineteen year old kid, you've got no excuse. Yeah. You know, you need to look at yourself and what you're doing versus the programming and saying it's tough. You know, that's a good point, Jason, because I think one of the reasons these guys, they think they're in a plateau is when you're 19 years old, like you're saying, a month seems like a long time to us. Uh-oh. Us, A year seems like forever. And what, you know, once you get in your 30s and 40s, it, it seems like such a short amount of time. It's a freaking meso cycle. You know, it's, it's one, it's one training cycle. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the last, you know, the last three weeks, I think I've trained twice. That's the lot longest you could probably hear my voice. I got bronchitis. I'm taking antibiotics now, but you know it's funny because this is the longest in all my years of training, decades of training that I've ever taken off. And if this had happened when I was 18 years old, I would have been so paranoid about losing size and all that type of thing. And like I say, it's been the better part of three weeks. And if anything, I've gotten bigger. So it's 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 almost like my muscles have filled out now, and they've almost been given a chance to kind of replenish themselves. So yeah, it's all perspective. Your time frames change, right? And like, of course, I know that would you know this doesn't go on indefinitely. Would there would be a point where things would be starting to disintegrate? But yeah, it's it, like you say, Lonnie. It's just strange because yeah, when you're 18 years old, you think, oh my god, if I don't train, you know, if I miss chest this week, it's going to hell. But you know, it's yeah. But I also think there's something to be said about you know. Certainly, the more you're, the longer you forge muscle, like you forge steel, probably the, the the more it's less less apt to disappear. You know, superficial size versus like you know dense size built over many decades. But yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, I mean I agree 100. percent What's next? What's, what's number two? That was Maybe. number two. God, that was. Oh, God. <laughs> um, man, I'm trying to think. Um, Ah, I, I guess another one at that point, and, and I can kind of speak from this because this happened to me. You know, the story in my aspect is kind of long, so I'm not going to delve into it. Basically, I hurt myself pretty bad lifting my senior high school. But we had coaches that were idiots. Um, now, the next thing I'd be is like take the time to learn the technique, the lifts, before you really jack yourself up. Yeah. I look at. Um, you know, I've got a lot of random people on my Facebook friends list, and I, I look through it, 
and I see these dudes, and it's like some of these injuries that they've got is like astounding to me. Like, how did you fuck yourself up so bad when you're not that strong? You know what I mean? I see guys that are like, um, just horrific, like back injuries and muscle tears mm-hmm. and blown shoulders, and it's just like, Jesus. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's one of those things that, that it says to me that with the, and, and I don't mean to sound rude when I say this, but it means because we've all been in a point, you know, building strength, you know. But it's like, you should not be, the weights aren't heavy enough to fuck yourself up with that. You know, so, and, and I see with enough consistency that, that it, it I, I've kind of deduced that it's a technique deal. Mm-hmm. It's not a, you know, uh, uh, physiological deal where, oh, you know, he's just not built for this. You know, like, that's like Matt Rhodes. And he's, what, what is it he's got? Marfan. You know, where his, uh, connected tissues made out yeah. of paper and glue and spit. Yeah. Yeah, he sneezes and separates his cornea. You know what I mean? He, he's got a legitimate excuse, you know, for, for the injuries that he deals with. You know, he has a legitimate problem. Yeah. For most of these dudes, it's just awful technique. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it goes into, like I said, I'm getting, you know, getting over with it. This is something Jim's dealing with. But it, it's one of those things that it's like, it will beat you down even if your technique is good. You know, if we train two days a week now, and it's one of those things that we need the days off because it hurts. Mm. You know, I, I don't want to train four days a week anymore. Oh, I'm no, tired, I agree. tired of dealing with the, the soreness and the joints. You know, and, and with the loading we're using, it's, you know, it's, it's there, you know, they'll make us stronger, but it's not like we're doing heavy singles and doubles every week, mm-hmm. you know. But it, and that's why I say you just take the time and, you know, you know, most gyms now find somebody who can teach you the technique. You know, it may not be spot on. You know, it may not be the technique that used to squat 900 or 1,000 or 1,200 pounds down the road or bench 700 but, you know, it'll, it'll get you close to where you're not going to injure yourself. Yeah, I think this might boil down back to the first two where it's just consistency and patience a bit. Everybody wants to go from nothing to, like, Ed Cohn overnight. <laughs> they they yeah. get in there and load. You know, they can probably actually squat 135 correct, and they're in there trying to do 315. You yeah, know, exactly. and, You know, with crap form, getting folded over and... Look at this, and then all you hear in the background is "Good job, bro." You know, it's, yeah, killed it. <laughs> <laughs> right, you you killed that bench, and you're you're arching and twisting and rowing the bar. Yeah. <laughs> nice work, exactly. Buddy. Yeah. But, you know, a lot, a lot of the point you brought up where it ties into one too. I mean, it's, it's, it's like everything else, you know, lifting related. It all builds or takes away from each other. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's, it's, yeah, they're going to tie together, and I mean it is. You know, technique is a thing, you know, me and Jim still get on each other's ass training now. Yeah. You know, we've been doing it forever. Jim makes a, a very good living for himself, lifting weights. Yeah. You know, and still has stuff where his technique will break or something like that. And, you know, we talk about it, things like that. You know, so it's, it's, it, there's not, I don't know anybody who's to a point. I mean, you know, I've trained with Chuck Vogel before. He's 45 years old and has been doing it for since the 30s, I think. You know, there there are times when when we were training and his technique would be shit. Yeah. You, you know, and and this is a guy who's 
literally held world records forever. Yeah. You know, since the eighties. No, I agree. I mean, I think that's one of the things I try to enforce on people that come here in the first place. They always ask me, you know, we start going, well, when am I going to be sound on this? When's my technique going to be perfect? It's not. You know, you're always going to work it, no matter what, because no matter what, I can put two and a half more pounds on the bar and something's going to beat you. At some point, something's going to fuck up, you know? <laughs> Sorry. Um, something, something's going to throw you off. You know, it's going to pull you on your toes. It's going to do something to you when we hit a certain load. Um, um so, I mean, I don't think people like to hear that, though. Well, it's, it's, I mean, it's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Lonnie, Lonnie's a bodybuilder, you know. And I've seen pictures of you before. You know, you're a good-sized dude, pretty lean. i got a hard time you believe you eat nothing but chicken and rice all day, every day, year-round. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's... It's, it's just something that the consistency, like I've talked about before, I mean... Well, um, you know, it will help, you know, but it's better to learn it as you're getting into it. It's easier to learn things than try and unlearn and relearn things, you know, and, and if you can get, you know, which is another thing the Internet makes so great, is you can get on YouTube and you can see guys, you know, like if you're a multi-ply lifter, guys like Sean Frank or, or Brian Carroll squat, you know, you can watch Dave Hoff bench, you know, some of these raw guys now, um, what they can pull like 835 at 220 a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But you know, wow. the deadlift technique is impeccable. Yeah. You know, but you can get on there and look at these things and be like, oh, and then you know, you can show it to your buddies and you can watch and be like, yeah, that's kind of close or yeah, that looks like shit. And as you go on, you kind of pick things up and well, I don't like that. I feel stronger with my feet closer, my feet wider. You know, I like the bar higher on my back or lower, things like that. You know, so it's, there, there are definitely things you can learn, but you need to take the time to learn these things. Yeah. You know what, guys? I think one of the best things a coach can do early on with a client is give them realistic time frames. Oh, yeah. You know, because I think when you are, like, 19, like uh, we were talking about before, you have no idea. You know, you look in a magazine, and you see it all the time, six weeks to bigger guns. We've talked about this stuff constantly, you know. And, mm-hmm. I mean, a young guy, his expectations are... are ridiculous he's too used to seeing advertisements and t-shirts that say two thousand percent better than <clears throat> whey regular whey protein or you know what i mean um two inches on your guns in six weeks you know yeah. stuff like this and these guys they need realistic time frames then they don't get disappointed they don't stray from program to program they don't use stupid form you know this is a, this is skill acquisition and in other sports, exactly. you know, you don't see people no. expecting skill acquisition in a, a couple of weeks or even months, you know, but it's a really slow process. And giving people realistic time frames, you know, like Jason was saying, getting really strong, I mean, you guys are strong. That takes a long time, a really long time. And I, I, just, I think a lot of guys aren't, they don't want to hear that, but they need a yes. coach they trust to say, trust me, you know, just trust me on this one. No, I agree, and I think the problem is, I mean, was the back of Jim's shirt? It's I, it says you're you're being lied to, and the problem is we're fighting. There's let's say there's fifteen of us fighting fifty thousand that are putting out the word that you can do this in two weeks, and there's ten people saying no, it's going to take a decade. <laughs> you know, so that's the truth. I mean, I think anybody coming in young and new, give it a decade. It's a you tough know, pill to swallow. Oh, you know, it is. Because you know, you've got a coach who actually is right. 
And, you know, the science will tell you the same thing. You don't put on slabs of muscle. You hear all this hyperbole online all the time. Pack on slabs of muscle, inches on your arms. Yeah. Yeah, I I hope you're, you know, if you're 19 now, I hope your goal is to do this when you're, you know, in your (laughs) mid-30s. But it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow because it's just like with nutrition. You're saying the same same thing with the – there's 50,000 coaches out there and gurus saying bull crap. Uh, And it's the same thing with nutrition. You try to tell people – Common sense ways to eat well. You know, you eat this way to get lean for a competition. You eat this way in the off season. But the food industry has billions of dollars working against you every day. Yeah. You know, on every golden arch on the corner. Hey, maybe exactly. there's a time for that. You know, I'm not saying that's necessarily always bad. But the point being is, you know, yeah, like you said, you're swimming upstream against massive uh, information overload, and the information is misinformation. You know, oh, and, yeah, and, then, and that information is backed by a lot of money. Lots you of know, money. every time I say that, McDonald's or whoever, let's say, uh, I don't know, 24-hour fitness puts out an ad to 50,000 of them that says something different. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. But, no, I agree. I, I'll add in one more. I mean, we'll see, we'll see what Jim thinks, or Jason thinks about this. Come um, on. Sorry. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you big thing bearded I, powerlifters, you all look the same. Yeah. Whoa. That's like people always say to me, yeah, they always say, yeah, this guy I know, he looks just like you. And I say, why? Because he's bald? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm um, And the guy's like, the guy's like Asian or something. Um, one thing I've seen a lot of is there's a lot of information. There, there's getting more and more now geared to the raw lifter. But the majority of it out there on powerlifting is, is to geared lifters, equipped lifters. Um, and the big mistake I've seen is I've had a lot of raw lifters come to my facility that are trying to lift like an equipped lifter um, and having to correct those issues. You know, I'll have raw guys come in here that are they're in the freaking four and a half feet wide stance and asking why their hips are hurting um, yeah. and things like that. I'd say that's a big mistake. There's it's you can't you can't take, you know, a lot of, say, Louis riding that's totally geared towards equipped lifters and try and translate that into raw powerlifting. Yeah. And you, know, was, and it, you see that a lot. Well, that was what I was talking about, you know, when I said the differences between the lifts. You know, yeah. they asked me the, the squat changes in technique, like they're two different mm-hmm. lifts. You know, the, the the big thing I think as far as that goes, which, you know, any, anybody who says that raw, li- raw lifting isn't picking up is you're oblivious or just an idiot. Yeah. But it's, it's you know, one, one of the things you have to consider, too, is there are not, and, and I mean, I know they're out there, but there are not a lot of multiply guys who don't take the drugs. You know, whereas a lot of your raw lifters, especially the younger guys, are not taking drugs. Yeah. And that definitely has a makes a difference on your training. Yeah. You know, so, so a lot of guys read this stuff and put the, um, you know, just, just from the recovery aspect, there's a huge variable that you know these guys are just. Well, I'm gonna say oblivious to because I remember, you know, being. Younger and looking at muscle matters and be like, yeah, that guy's jacked because he eats good and trains like a beast. You know? He's not taking he's muscle taking, tech. Yeah, not because he's taking four grams of test a week and, and you know, TC a trend every day. Yeah. You know, but it was just, it was just a boy. You know, so I, I mean, that's the thing that, you know, like a lot of uh, younger guys and kids will leave out. You know, it's, um, some guys are more open to talking about it than others are, but it's, it's there. Yeah. You know, since, you know, with an elephant in the room like that, with a lot of um, a lot of gurus and, and guys who are 
they may even be good competitors, but they're not really coaches. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And they they kind of take this approach oftentimes, at least this is what I see on a lot of websites, is this works for me, so you should do it. And it's yeah. and it's like we were saying before, you know, that takes genetics and drugs out of the picture. And it's like, listen, yeah, if you're if you're on multiple grams of test a week, you know, what works for you is not going to work for that 20 year old 150 yeah. pound soaking wet kid. You know, he can't do what you're doing. And so you, you have to be really careful uh, trying to tailor, you know, your advice to, to who you're oh, talking yeah. to. I don't know. It just, it, to me, that's something that sort of pisses me off sometimes because it's like you, you see all this advice from people that they're athletes that, the, that these young guys look up to or gals. They look up to them, and, and maybe rightfully so. They're they're freaking incredible performers, but yeah. you know they're not ready to give advice because they're not thinking about assessments. They're not thinking about uh, again the fact that there's a uh, like Jason saying there's a huge difference in the amount of volume and brutality that you can apply to yourself uh, when you're you know using androgens versus when you're not. Uh, but I was just going to say, you know, the thing along those lines, just it, and, and it's like, you know, as, as far as, as gearing your stuff, you know, the, the things that you say your advice to, you know, to certain people is, is where it breaks down is, you know, I've got, like, Facebook, for example. I've got, you know, friends on there that are 15 years old just getting into lifting, and I've got guys who are, you know, world record holders. Yeah. You know, so the guys that are world record holders are probably not going to pay as much attention to it but, you know, with, with 4,000 people, 5,000 people who could potentially read your stuff, you know, it, it's very hard to gear it toward the specific set. Mm-hmm. You know, if, you know, a, a no, guy's not going to write I, a blog post for one person. Well, I tell you, know you what, I mean? it's, it's the same it, with nutrition and training both, I think. There are things that are going to be more or less sound principles for everybody, like human exactly. traits, you know, like add more weight over time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Things like that that are not really up for debate. And then there's the things, yeah, that you've got to try to address that, you know, drugs pull the rug out from under some of these guys that, you know, that are natural or, or whatever it is. But yeah, uh, there's definitely when you, when you preach to the masses like that, I, I know what you're saying. There's, there's always, and for me, that's always been one of the things you kind of wrestle with is which one of these things are going to be true for everybody. You know, because there are certain things. Everybody needs oxygen. Everybody needs calories, you know, stuff like this. <laughs> Uh, versus what has to be teased apart as, okay, this rule doesn't apply to you, new guy, you know, or natural guy, or, or it, it is tough. No, yeah, I don't, the, what a, go ahead. I'm, I'm awful about that, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, I, I think you'll find, you know, going, going back to, you know, where we talked about guys here in the know, like um, Brian Carroll is a great example of this, or Brandon Lilly, you know, these, these guys, you know, because they drop training stuff on, on their Facebook and Twitter feeds all the time, you know, in addition to their websites and blogs, but it, it's very general. You know, the, the guys that are looking for the, you know, to get some more pounds out of a bench shirt or, you know, the, the drug advice are, are guys that are paying them money. You know what I mean? So there, there's really, and like, this is my point of view anyway, that there, there's really no need to go into it because, I mean, you, got, you guys who are doing training and diet stuff are going to be the same way. I have no problem answering general questions. Yeah. But if you come to me and you're like, hey, I need a 12-week program to get ready for a show, okay, I'm going to need 300 bucks. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Too many I individual mean, differences, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and I mean, it's one of those things that it's, you know, if it's general, I'll mention it. If it's something specific like, well, you should try this, and then six weeks out, go to this, and then, you know, week out, add these. You know, I'm not going to do that. 
Yeah. Because it, it's, you know, I guess you'd call it kind of selfish. But this is knowledge that I've taken a long time to learn, you know, spoken to yeah. people about, spent a lot of time and money on my part, you know. And, and it's, I guess you'd call it selfish, but it is, it's more or less like, fuck you. Yeah. You can pay me or you can spend your money, somebody else, but I'm not just going to give that to you. Yeah. You know, yeah. and well, I, especially, I think you guys you know what, like, really do. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it, especially when you use your professional judgment in a way, like, dude, you are not going to hit your target, you know. Uh, so whether it's mm-hmm. I don't know, strength or certainly with, like, bodybuilding competitions and things like that, it's going to be so individual. Some people are coming in on schedule. You know, Rob loves the term dial it in. But, you know, they're they're oh, going to yeah. meet that target date. And they need, they need somebody who's been there to say, yeah. dude, no, it's not going to happen for you right now. You're going to have to either drop this or add this. You know what I mean? So it, it calls for professional judgment. And like you're saying, Jason, there's nothing wrong with getting paid for that because they need yeah. your expertise. You know, they're not going to read mm-hmm. that online. Yeah, I, I want to say something on that topic for sure. Um, and then back to the other one I was going to mention. But, uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I think we see this in, uh, you probably see it as much in nutrition as, as doing training. I don't know of another profession where people are okay to come up and ask you to do your job for free. Other than fitness. You get it so much and they have no problem with it. But they wouldn't go up to like a lawyer and say, hey man, I got to go to court. Hook me up. You know, hell no, not free? lawyers. Yeah, you know, or anything. I mean, you wouldn't go to your local plumber and say, "Well, let's come over and fix my plumbing for free." You know, but people do it all the time to a coach. Um, it's weird. It's I, I don't get it. Um, but there's there's some kind of disconnect there that people, you know, we actually make a living doing this stuff. And well, you know what, Phil? I think part of it's because things like law or dentistry or medicine, they're licensed professions. Yeah. Whereas exercise, you know, there's not. One license that oh you're the legit guy I gotta go well, to, you know I can't help think too but it's also the internet nowadays too because there's so much of it Johnny been training twelve weeks has a six pack now is throwing out information for free so why shouldn't you um, well it's, type of thing self self defeating in that sense though too you know what I mean if you see guys like uh, and I'll mention Brian and Brandon again just because they're easy but you know you see these guys and they're, they're putting stuff out there you know for free and granted it is basic. And, and it's the same way as nutrition guys. I see with John Meadows, mm-hmm. um, you know, some, some guys like that, you know, big, big time, you know, guys who are big internet nutrition guys, if you will. Yeah. You know, they're, they're throwing stuff out there and it's stuff people don't know, but, but for people who do know, it's fairly basic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Grass fed beef's better for you than, you know, regular beef. You know, to somebody yeah. and, you know, then, the, then they'll go and type a couple hundred words as the why. Yeah. You know, for somebody with no ideas, it's mind blowing. <laughs> you know, but for us, you're like, no shit. You know what I mean? And, and it's one of those yeah. things is they see that out there, and the guy who's going to ask for that stuff for free can't differentiate from, you know, the, the general knowledge that he's just putting out yeah. you know, to get people to look at his stuff versus what he's actually doing. Yeah. You know, you, you'll notice, I'm sure you guys have legitimate medical doctors who are Facebook friends with you, but they're not throwing diagnoses out on Facebook. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you've got a runny nose and a sore back. Congratulations, you've got pneumonia. You know? <laughs> so I, I think as far as the industry itself goes like that, but that's kind of what you run into. You can't differentiate what's basic and what's not. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's it's not a big deal. Well, I saw you write a, a eight-week bench program for EFS, and that was pretty. So why can't you write me a 12-week meat prep program? Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, from, you know, we going back and forth with, like, the nutrition stuff and the training stuff, but there's similar stuff to, like, you could put out general information, like, once I was talking to a strength coach, and he's like, Lonnie, can't you just put together a standard low-carb diet? And I'm like, well, I guess it's not going to work, you know, the same for everybody. But he's like, yeah, but if it's just basic general information, at least it's a step in the right direction, you know. And it's the same kind of thing. There are certain training programs or uh, diets, like I said, it's a low-carb diet, it's a lower-fat diet, whatever. Pick your poison. But the point is you, you put it out there, and at least it gives someone sort of a, a loose framework, you know. But then, yeah, when they want more, when they want to fill in that framework, I think people do need to understand. You're talking about people who they've they've either gone to school for this for a long time or they've worked with a lot of experts, world-renowned experts for a very long time. And, you know, if you want to be good, sometimes you do have to pay. Yeah. But as I say, you know, it's a, it's a thing, too, is it's like, and especially going back to the Internet aspect of it, but like you're saying, is things like that, you know, guys don't realize. But at the same time, these guys' reputations are completely tied to the stuff that they're doing. You know, these guys aren't, you don't see, uh, John Meadows run an ad in muscle and fitness for his diet stuff. You know, Brian Carroll doesn't, uh, sell his training programs on men's health. You know, it's all, but you, you'll find that compliance is a lot better when you got people paying their own money to get this stuff. You know, you write, you write some guy a, a program, 12 week program, you know, you be a nice writer for him. He goes and he half asses a workout, maxes out every week, and goes out and drinks five nights a week. And then comes back and says, well, this program sucks. Yeah. You know, it's, well, he didn't do anything, but you're not there to supervise his programs, mm-hmm. you know, supervise his training. So now you, you spend your time putting out fires of why your program sucks. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's a thing, I think, in that sense, too. That's no, I agree. And I, I want to hit on one more thing, but we're getting close on time here. But um, another mistake I've seen is just people... I've seen it from people, trainees, I guess, and then also people that are, I guess, more advanced but never really coached. And they'll, trainees always want to, like, I have guys come in and they want to do what I'm doing. That's what, well, why can't I do the training program you're doing? Well, because I've been training for 20 years. (laughs) You know? And and people, they always want to skip, why do I got to do this stuff over here? Well, it's because I did that 15, 20 years ago. And that's what's got me here. And you'll see it from trainers, too. Well, oh, look, I, I, all of a sudden I've found the perfect program for everybody. And it's this super advanced freaking training. And they ignore that 20 years, that the, the stuff they did the last 20 years actually gave them the ability to do what they're doing now. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's pretty simple stuff when you're, when you're beginning. And people don't want to hear that. They always you want to. Phil, case in point, what Jason was talking about training twice a week with Jim. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I would tell most, you know, eager 19 year olds only train one or twice, once or twice a week, you yeah. know, because you're, you're talking about veteran lifters who are older. They're care, they're moving huge weights, yeah. you know, their joints won't have it, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like you said, it changes the picture. Yeah. So trying to emulate that, I, I don't think would be a great idea. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm actually a fan of, like Jason was saying, mm-hmm. maybe, three times a week, you know, you can make great progress with that kind of stuff. But to talk about once or twice a week or, you know, there's nothing to maintain. Like, you can maintain with less volume, I think, than you can make big progress. You know, it takes less frequency to maintain. And and, and these these young guys, yeah, they want to jump right to the, you know, maintain or tweak phase. Mm -hmm. 
And it's it's not time for that yet. It's not what time did you mean, for the Phil, Phil, when you said, phase. What did you mean, uh, Phil, when you were saying two degree or whatever you said? Two degree. I'm I'm training two to three times a week now, and I'm making better progress than I would if I was training four or five. But it's because I can't go in there four or five times a week and deadlift 700 pounds plus and expect to recover from that type of thing. You know, I'm actually, I can make better progress by doing less. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that's where it's, I don't know, it's totally individual. It comes down to training age. It comes down to physical age. It comes down to how you're built. You know, that's that's what people need to get is that, that it's hard to make a cookie cutter program. I yeah, mean, I gym's think kinda, young guys tend to overdo it. You know, yeah. they're in the gym five, six days a week. So, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that. No. And I think they, they, they're trying to acquire skills. They're trying to put on mass and, and that sort of thing. They can't, they can't emulate the veteran lifter. I'm still in the mindset though that I'm not sure because I, I think we've all did it. We all started out and we were probably gung ho for the first several years and we're in there as much as we could. And then at a certain point we had to back down. I'm not sure you can skip that step. I'm still not sure because I think doing that crazy crap I did back 20 years ago. It helped me get to where I am now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I can see that, yeah. I mean, there was a point where when I'm in there pushing freaking crazy sets, multiple sets to failure, it, it, it gave me some toughness to now, you know, push singles against hard loads. Right. You're you know, working I with think. a different body now. That's all there is. Yeah. Doing. You know, so I don't know. That, that's a tough one. And I think there's just so many variables uh, that, like Jason was touching on, I mean, it just, it has to be individual. We can throw out generalities there, but if you want something, I can't write a program for for Diane and Johnny both, and it's going to work for them. If you want a good program for you, it's going to take us time. We're going to have to sit down and figure out who you are, what you can do, where you've been, and this and that. Right. So. But, you know, Jason had a good point about uh, uh, some of these guys are so lost, and I mean that in the nicest possible way, but... They're so lost, they don't know the difference between what's general and what's, yeah. you know, what needs individualized, what needs a professional's opinion, you know, mm-hmm. a judgment, uh, or, or those sorts of things. They actually, it's all, wow, well, you know. Of course. And, yeah. and we were all there at one point. And how did we do it? We went out and learned. We talked to as many people as we could. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. But. Oh, I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly right, you know what I mean? It's just like you said, it just takes time build up to it you know that's that's the thing now is it's um you know jim hasn't talked a lot about it but you know he's right now he's he's busy with a lot of stuff and he is and and i'm in the same boat you know because i've got some other stuff that i'm doing but i probably spend you know now what the hell sorry my phone was jacked up for a second but i spend you know probably five six hours a week doing mobility stuff on my living room floor Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, you know, an 18, 19 year old kid who is just getting into training and his joints still work like they're supposed to because he hadn't neglected it for so long. He's not going to need to do that. Yeah. So it could be counterproductive for him. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, uh, the programs that we're doing, the, the loading patterns are different. You know, I think honestly that, you know, guys would see gains from what Jim and I are doing now, even younger yeah. guys as far as in the weight room. But it's, it's the other stuff that, you know, he and I are more focused on now, and I just think it's him and I because we train together, yeah. you know. But, like, I, I'm working more on the conditioning piece and the mobility stuff because I, I just feel like crap all the time. 
you know, and, and it's an aspect of where I've just neglected these things for so long. But like, you know, a 19-year-old kid who goes out and runs because he wants to stay lean and bang chicks, you know, where he's not focused on just putting weight on, mm-hmm. you know, still still gets these aspects. You know, he's got running sprints, so he's good at his cardio, and he's keeping his hips loose. You know, his shoulders don't get so bound up. You know, so these are not something that he needs to pay attention to, and I think that that's what it gets ties into is just a, yeah. as part of the big pictures, you've got big focuses and smaller focuses. Yeah. And right now, overall, like for me, the lifting part of it is a, a smaller focus than the mobility and the conditioning stuff. Yeah. So no, I think, think. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I, I, yeah, I think I think you're 100% correct. I mean, it's yeah, I agree. Um, and I was just going to say one more thing. I think where people lack, we've we've talked about time. You know, it takes time. I think what everybody never really wants to do is think about, okay, where do I really want to? What do I want to be in 10 years? You know, if it's freaking jacked and a, and a world record power lifter. You need to aim 100% of your energy towards that. And, and nobody ever wants to look at really what they want to be. They're, they're running around clueless, trying this, trying that, trying this, trying that, which is good. You need to do that to figure out what you want to be. But once you, once the guy says, comes to me and says, Phil, I want to win, I, I want to be a world champion powerlifter. And then I see him the next day jogging four miles. He's not trying to be the world champion powerlifter. You know, it's... Uh, you know, when you're young, you can do that. I mean, gear yourself 100% to that that goal. If you want to be on a bodybuilding stage and be ripped at 270, you better realize you need to be 320. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not gonna you're not gonna go from 165 to to 270 five pounds at a time and yeah. gain all lean mass. You know? Yeah, and that's a that's a common mm-hmm. sin. I think with, with uh, even intermediate bodybuilders is they have no idea when you see a picture of somebody on stage, they're kind of a twink compared to their usual self. I mean, yeah. they're 30, 40, 50 pounds lighter than they walk around. Well, yeah. often so you've you got to be a lot bigger than that. Often when I hear young guys go to the first Arnold Classic or Olympia or something like that, and there's guys there who aren't competing but are just like manning booths or something. I've often heard guys say that they didn't even recognize, you know, you know, said pro until yeah. somebody pointed the person out. I remember saying somebody saying that about Lee Priest, they didn't even know it was him. Oh, yeah. And now he might be an extreme case, but Yeah. No, I mean that's no, like but, me. But I case mean, in that's... point, like you said, Phil, if they're constantly jogging across tra- they're beca- they look like a cross trainer, and you know what? They're always gonna look like a cross trainer. Yeah. Because you can't Ten stay, years from now, you be cannot stay ripped as you make that kind of progress. Yeah. You know. You know, it's, in, in 10 years, they might have gained 10 or 15 pounds, and their bench went from 225 to 275 in 10 years. <laughs> because they tried to take this slow approach where I'm going to gain a pound a week and stay ripped. And it's like, come on, you know. A long-term goal gets lost in Go for little... it. Go grab it. <laughs> you know, put every bit of energy in there. And it's worked for decades. I mean, you look at John Cook, who's arguably one of the best powerlifters ever, too. Before he broke all those records at 242 and 275, the guy was 330. You know, and he got freaking strong there. And then he dropped down, and, and there was something built there. I mean, the, the statues over in Italy, they weren't glued together by a bunch of pebbles. They took this big freaking rock and chiseled it down. Yeah. It's the same thing with the human body. You know, so. Yeah, I think ah. that's, I know we're out of time here, but I yeah. think that's again where a coach is a big deal because a coach can, 
continue to remind you about the time frame, about the ultimate goal, you know, and when you do start going up, oh, I think I'm going to get, you know, uh, ripped for the beach. It's like, okay, but do you or do you not want to be, you know, a champion bodybuilder down the road, you know, or powerlifter down the road? Because sometimes you're spending too much time getting ripped now, you know, curls for the girls and stuff like this. You're, uh, you know, you're not on the, on the, the main path, the overarching macro cycle toward, you know, winning something in the Olympics or whatever. Exactly. I mean, that's like me right now. I mean, I'm not, I'm real close. I'm, what, 36? I'm real close to going where Jason's at is getting away from powerlifting and just getting generally feeling better. And right now, I'll walk up a flight of stairs and I'm huffing and puffing. But I'll go in the freaking weight room and, and stuff's feeling light. And that's all that matters to me right now. I have to, I have to let go. If I want to do what I want to do, I have to not worry about Huffing and puffing, going up the stairs, or eating two pizzas a day, you know, because that's going to get me where I want to go. It has nothing to do with general health. It has nothing to do with being able to jog down the block, and it has only, it only has to do with getting heavier and moving more weight, you know. And you've got to, you've got to turn blinders on. And I don't care if I have a six pack. I don't care if you know. I, I have to shut all that crap off, and I just got to concentrate on that one goal. And people don't want to do that. They want to be, they want to be strong like frickin', you know, Marius Pujanowski, but they, they want to be, well, I guess he is strong and ripped, but that's, you know, <laughs> another case in point. Yeah. You know, yeah. but, uh, yeah. you know, they, they want to be, they want to be ripped and be able to move the loads that Benedict Magnuson is. Yeah. You know, and they're it ain't happening. Pulled, they're getting pulled in divergent directions yes, there. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, anyways. Good show. Jason, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank so, you. We'll, we'll do it again sometime. Thanks everybody for listening. Go on iTunes and throw out some more uh, some comments. I want to be. I want us ranked above Jillian Michaels by next month. There I is. Next to her, I want to be on a whole different level. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, like so. I said to you guys in that email, a bunch of oddball powerlifters and bodybuilders. You know, the, uh, the chance of that is probably snowball in hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So. Too much of a niche market, but th- yeah, let's go for it anyway. <laughs> yep. Thanks a lot. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org uh, store. Uh, we also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google... CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein. You can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes. Everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the -the state-of-the-art science And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, 
this is what the liter literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here. I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount, however. Obviously, I haven't done it for that purpose. I did it because, like you, I want to have something I can hold up in one place that's modern literature instead of what a, perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any, on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.